Well, no, there, there was w- something post-credits. What was it? I don't remember then. I didn't even think to check. It was the full performance of uh, the oh, rock oh. musical song. Yeah, no, I saw it. Okay. That is such a... Okay. I, you know, I don't want to spoil the show, but so, you make that song so, yeah. much uh, better we... than it really is. Oh, yeah. it's 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 totally awful, but it's a great it's awful it's great in its awfulness. I well, guess okay. I mean on Broadway, like oh, you so think much. it would have been really good. I I can no, I don't I don't it, think the point. Yeah. If the point is that it's a bad Broadway song, then I can celebrate. Or cheesy. That. It's a cheesy. It's a cheesy Broadway song. No, it's song. bad. I think it's, it's bad. bad. Plus, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be cheesy and good. I mean, the whole musical, the whole musical, does have kind of a Spider-Man turn off the dark vibe. Like, yeah, the costumes don't look good. No, the, it's very like, low budget. Everything, yeah, I'm which not is sure weird because again, it's it's implied it's on Broadway. I'm not sure about the plot of the song too. It feels like it's doing everything. Is it like a, you know, a prelude kind of song? It just feels like. It's got a lot of different I assume plot it's the, points. Kind of I'm built assuming into it. it's. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the uh, song to end Act One. Okay, uh, would just, be my assumption because they also say they left stuff. halfway through. So, so yeah, I, I guess it also like depends was, on what it's it's covering. You know, like what is the what like what is like are they going from like you know all of like before the end game in Infinity War and Civil War. Is it well, the it's, entire? It's Rogers movies? the musical, so you gotta assume it's following, you know, Steve Rogers. Hey, welcome back to even more mashed up. We are the pop culture podcast, uh, where two professors talk about all things uh, pop culture. I'm Alan. And I'm Patrick, and today is a day that I have long been looking for, looking t- towards on the podcast, <laughs> looking forward to on the podcast. Oh, I nailed that. Nailed a lot of that looking. opening. A lot of looking think, is happening. I think you ah, might be too excited, Patrick. I'm so excited, I can't even get the words out of my mouth. Yes. No. So today, we are talking about the Disney Plus Hawkeye series. See, course, I didn't think you'd be interested in this. Long-time listeners would know it. is probably, you know... You know, I, I, I'm probably done at this point with the MCU because it's really hard to. to, to <laughs> yes, they, they have been building this. for a decade to this peak for you. Because nobody yes. loves Hawkeye. Yes, this is peak like to be love Hawkeye. It's true. It's true. This is a show designed, you know, especially for myself or people like myself. Yeah, for yourself, I would say. You know, would you say that Disney mm-hmm. hit do, the bullseye? Do you think there are a lot of people? <laughs> I missed that. What did you say, Alan? Do you think Disney hit the bullseye? Oh, yes. It was right on target. It was not wide of the mark. Excellent. So, do you want to decide where we start today? Well, I don't know. I I was just waiting to see if you had any more. Okay, no. I'm sure I'll come up with more, uh, you know, as we go through. Well, I mean, yeah. where else would we start but with fun facts? Oh. I suppose that's true. Your subscription or your your new access needs to be well, u- utilized. Oh, there's I don't, not, I don't, I don't have a lot of fun facts because there aren't really those kind of numbers on net on uh, Disney Plus shows. Really, they still don't have any numbers on those kind of shows. Wait, not wait, really. wait. So did the only you thing just, I've got is, uh, is did you just admit that fun facts are just disguised numbers? Oh, I've admitted that several times in the past. <laughs> okay. It's possible you just don't listen to me. What? Nice, hey, nicely were, done, Rich. Were you saying something? Uh, see, Rich made the joke first, Alan. So now that's you're, because you're I'm being polite because we're doing this at a distance, and I pause and wait for other people. Ah. Yeah. I well, I have a fun fact for you. Okay. Did you check the Rotten Tomato numbers? Those are all of my fun facts. <laughs> oh, well then why don't I let you go ahead and do your fun facts? <laughs> well, no, I'll you, love, you can go, you can you go s- ahead and you can go ahead and do it, Alan. I don't want to steal your thunder. But, well, it, there's not a lot of thunder left when I say, "Hey Patrick, what do you think the scores are mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes?" 
Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with 92% with critics and 92% with audiences. I'm going to go with 30% both. Well, I will say that Patrick is actually dead on as of one week ago, which is the last time I thought about Hawkeye. Oh, it's a smash hit. You'll be happy to know that (laughs) those are dead on as of yesterday. So they've not changed. I.e. the last time Patrick has thought about Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you have it where it falls in comparison to other Disney Plus shows, Alan? I do not, but I have a, I do have a follow up for you on that ninety two from critics. Oh, okay. Go ahead and follow it up. What do you think is the critic score if you go with only the website's top critics? Wait, say that again. So what do you think the critic score is if you go only with uh-huh. the website's top critics? Because there's a little button you can click that gives you just the top critics, not all critics. Oh, I didn't I didn't actually do that. Uh, well, you want to take a guess? Sure, I'll go 100%. <laughs> wow, Rich? I'm going to go much lower at 80. It was actually 60%. Wow. Yes, Man. a substantial drop, which I can't explain or provide any insight into. But I did think that was kind of shocking and interesting. Mm. Well, the top clear critics are clearly part of the media elite. Um, mm. And so yes. they're probably kind of snobbish about right. Un- uh, Hawkeye and the Disney Plus and the MCU and things like that. Right. Unlike, you know... English professors with fancy PhDs, you know those exactly. kinds of I am not down part of, to earth. I'm not, kinds I'm not of part of. I'm not part of the media elite. I may be a different kind of elite, but not part uh, of the academic media elite. elite. Understood. Yes. Mm. You only have your own podcast. Well, I don't have my own podcast. I have a podcast that I share with several other people. <laughs> So that's the bar. He shares with us. He allows so, us to be part of it. So so that's the bar for you? Like, you would be a media what? elite if you were a single host. But because you oh, share God, no. it, you're not part of the media <laughs> elite. No, I was just correcting you in terms of calling it, I have my podcast. I don't have uh-huh. my podcast. It is our podcast. All right. Fair enough. Do you have more fun facts? I do. Okay. Do you want to guess ba- where does Hawkeye, based on the, the first number, the 92%. Yes. Do you want to guess where it falls in relationship to the other Disney Plus MCU shows? So WandaVision, Falcon yep. and Winter Soldier, Loki, and What If? Uh, but I, see now, to me, What If would be at the bottom, but I think it did better. It's not as good as, as WandaVision. I would say it falls in oh, line Loki, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like whatever, like it's about mm, right there. You would be incorrect. Really? Yes. So I'm going to say it's actually going to be higher than all of them. No, that's impossible. Then you would also be in, you would also be incorrect. Oh, thank God! All right. So is one division the favorite? No. So what if is the favorite? Correct. What if currently mm, shows a, a 94 of... with critics and 95 with audiences? Okay, that's just garbage. It just goes to show you that it your is, fun it facts... Is ridic- it is ridiculously high, yes. Your fun facts are neither fun nor facts. Well, no, it, it's a fact that that is what they post. Whether it's true or not is different. So that's, uh, that's, yes. that's the number one. Do you, do you want to well, guess what number like, two is? I feel like Hawkeye's got to be number two because there can't be many between 94 oh. and 92. Yes, I would Hawkeye, say Loki. Hawkeye oh, okay. is Hawkeye is number two, and then WandaVision, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Incorrect. So they have them exactly backwards. Then uh, it goes: What if? Then Hawkeye, yep. then Loki, because Loki is a ninety-two mm. ninety-one split. I forgot about Loki. Yeah. Yeah, you get Loki, and then you get WandaVision, which is ninety one eighty eight, and then you get Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is eighty nine eighty five. But boy, that's really splitting hairs until you get to that last one. It is. Yeah. It is very splitting hairs. Personally, very, I would put close. Hawkeye second behind WandaVision. If I were going to rank them, I would put. I think I would put Hawkeye third behind WandaVision and Loki. But I think you could make an argument between Hawkeye and Loki. 
Yeah, for me, the issue with Loki is that it's it doesn't really gel as the show it should be until the final couple of episodes. I think that's fair. Whereas Hawkeye, whereas Hawkeye, I would oh, say yes. Hawkeye is probably the most narratively consistent of all of the shows. Um, but that, that's res- why I would just put in a, a, a nudge about Loki. Yeah, I would say the problem with Hawkeye. There is no problem with Hawkeye. Is Hawkeye? There are number. Yeah, Hawkeye is the well, problem. Well, which one? Because there's there's mul- there's multiple it, Hawkeyes. Patrick, I would say, I would say that the. Uh, the narrative was how to describe it the most consistent, consistent. but I'm not sure it was the yes. most interesting. Yeah, much like a plateau. There were no highs, yeah, ex- but yes, maybe there weren't any I lows. Think, and I, th- I think Rich is, is kind of, Oh, I'm going to say it. I have to say it. I think Rich is kind of right on it. that one. I think, I think the highs of yes. Loki just carry it past Hawkeye, which was, you know, very consistent, you know, like he plotted right along, mm-hmm. you know, and he just started plotting and he kept plotting at the end. He plotted right through the finish line. See, I thought you would like it because I think the reason that it is consistent is it's not really trying to set up like the next big thing in the way that both WandaVision and Loki are sort of clearly setting up the multiverse. Hawkeye is just sort of telling its own little story in its own little corner of the MCU as opposed yeah. to having to serve something else. And, th- and that's another reason why I think it's more effective in that it's not it's not really doing any heavy lifting for, you know, the MCU in general. Yeah, we're going to yeah, get the I Echo think... series spun out of it. Yeah, I, I assume we're going to see Kingpin again, but there's, you know, Hawkeye's storyline doesn't break down because it's trying to set up other things. I think I think that's probably true. And you know that I love a standalone kind of vehicle. But I but, see. Yep. Yep. But I still feel as if, you know, to me, it felt kind of Netflix light a little bit sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. That it was like there were moments where it felt like it was kind of doing a daredevil kind of thing. And I don't think just because the kingpin was in there, but, you know, the Netflix stuff is just done on kind of a darker, grittier level. And it obviously couldn't accomplish that. And so to me, this felt the most of the Disney Plus stuff like something that would have been done on Netflix back in the day. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's about as close to the gritty darkness of Netflix that you're likely to get in an MCU. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and the heroes actually dying, sort of, and the heroes being so human was mm-hmm. very Netflixian too. But you know, if if mm-hmm. we kind of turn towards the the show itself, it also seemed true to me of Kingpin that you know it was great to see Kingpin come back. But in the end, Kingfin, Kingpin felt less substantive to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think, number one, I kind of wish they had brought Kingpin in like an episode earlier. Because yeah, we, he didn't have a lot of screen time to do much. Well, and the other thing, too, is, is you know, within, within the episode he appears, we also see him defeated. And so we never get to see, like, the Kingpin that Hawkeye is clearly trying to avoid, you know, the Kingpin that is meant to be feared. Um, You know, it would have been nice if we had gotten him in like an episode earlier and could have seen him doing something that shows him to be the same kind of menace um, or the same sort of, of powerful figure that he was in Netflix. Cause in this one, like we, we get him and then we see him sort of defeated twice, but first by Kate and then by Echo. And it, it it does yeah I mean for me I I enjoyed the kingpin reference um, and appearance but it did feel like it didn't have quite the room it could have used in terms of he felt a little bit watered down yeah um, and so Patrick that's Netflix exactly version. like exactly where where my notes go next I think it was partly a function of the fact that the Netflix series like we always complained about how they were always an episode too long. But that mm-hmm. length gave them a lot of time to kind of slowly unpack the character. 
yeah. and make the character more human. And so, so here it just felt to me, especially like in comparison to Daredevil, because it's the same kingpin. He seems to move to get his own hands dirty much quicker than he would have in the Netflix series. Like, is Eleanor yes. really important enough for him to like jump in right away and put himself on the line? It just didn't. It didn't feel authentic to the character as created previously. Yeah, well, I think part of that too is I read an interview with uh, D'Onofrio where he kind of talked about his take on the character. And one of the things he mentioned is that this version of Kingpin is a Kingpin who basically lost everything because of the blip and is in the process of having to rebuild sort of his empire that 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 um, and that sounds kind of neat i wish we'd so- seen some and, but, of that. and, and that's the problem yeah. is we don't really see that in the show like you know d'onofrio i don't i don't know if that's just kind of d'onofrio's kind of head canon for how he was performing yeah. the character or yeah. if that's kind of the official like biography of the character but i think you know if they had, again if they had gotten more of that into the show it would have explained kind of the the kingpin that we're seeing that you know not even Eleanor. He's having to deal. He's the leader of the tracksuit mafia, which are probably even less of <laughs> a um, force to be reckoned with than sure. Eleanor. But see, I kind of assumed, not being in his headspace, that you know the kingpin always oversaw the tracksuit mafia. Like they were always like small, unimportant underlings in his undertaking. So. When he first shows up yeah, on well, screen, one of the many branches. yeah, he has like a conversation with Hel- Eleanor where she talks about wanting to get out of the business mm-hmm. that felt very mm-hmm. authentic to how he would do business. And then yeah. he, then well, he apparently there was a deleted moved differently. Sorry, Patrick, go ahead. I was saying, there's a deleted scene apparently that shows the meeting he had with her after the immediately after the husband died, where they basically make the deal, yeah, where she's working for him. Um, and I think that might have been something nice to see as well, because we would have seen, again, Kingpin not when his power is being undermined. Yeah. So I also I want to go back to something else you said, Alan, in terms of, you know, the way in which that it's so I think you said it sort of plods through or something like that. I th- I thought the plot um, was a little plotting. Yes. And I think part of that is that that's kind of mirroring Clint Barton slash Hawkeye in the series that he's basically having to plod through, you know, any number of things, the situation that he finds himself in, um, that the whole idea of him being kind of hailed as a hero, which he clearly is very uncomfortable with. Uh, um, we'll talk about that, that later. That, there's, there's the ways <laughs> in which that, that, um, you know, I, I think the, the, plotting nature of the narrative might in some ways mirror kind of what i mean he's literally walking around with his backpack having to go and and clean things up the you know most of the entire series to the point where you know the series seems to end with him basically in retirement um so in some ways i i I think the the plotting nature of the story i think in some ways mirrors at least his character arc I think it's a, a happy thought that the creators at, at Disney Plus were really going for that kind of artistic reflection. But the plot just felt a little paint by number to me. I, you know, it just it, I felt like there could have been more to dig into. Now, I have nice things to say yeah, about possibly. the show, too. Just let me know when you want to hear my nice things. I'm pretty sure the nice things all involve Haley Steinfeld. She's great, although... I you know she was very good in this I think yeah no she was good but mm-hmm. I I you know can I tell you my favorite part of the whole thing is that a movie about Hawkeye your favorite hero was focused uh-huh. on the one activity that I know you did as a kid but you always deny I do not LARP I knew I, you were going to bring up I the LARPers do how not can you not that LARP? about you there is no way that you have not LARPed in your universe. And I do. And now that I have, I have, I have never LARPed in my life. I feel like. Why not? I feel like the creators of Hawkeye making LARPing so central is just the universe smiling on me, right? That we get to talk about <laughs> your favorite Hawkeye yes. with LARPing. I mean, even oh, your the favorite moment hero. They showed up at, 
cannot escape LARPing. I love it. Yeah. The moment they showed up in the episode, I'm like, well, I know what Alan's going to focus on. <laughs> you do realize, right? Like there is Hawkeye cannot win without the LARPers. Like, without they LARPing. Are, they are, they do end up being important to the uh, series. <laughs> it all collapses. Yeah, no. I, I, it just, yeah. Oh, it just, ah, oh, chef's kiss. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you appreciated the uh, deep cut reference in the LARPers, too. I'm sure I didn't, but you'll explain it to me now. Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, the character who has a bombshell inscribed on her bag. Okay. Oh. So uh, Bombshell is one of the villains from the 1983 Hawkeye uh, limited series in the comics uh, and and probably would be fair to say uh, is one of sort of, to the extent that Hawkeye has sort of main or continuing villains, is probably one of the few that he has. I've never heard of the, the Bombshell. Yeah, well, she's part of a group of criminal criminal jugglers uh, called the Death mm. Throws. That is criminal uh, oh jugglers. That is yes. That is well, Rich. Imagine you're riding Hawkeye. You have to create villains mm. that are the same threat level as Hawkeye. So yeah, I think for a man who like has a, a bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah, right. So you got yeah. what could so we you do? Got, we could so you do got you got bombshell. Yeah. Wasn't there a was yeah, it, did, so, did so Hawkeye, Bombshell Did Hawkeye battle the Hacky Sack gang at some point? No. No. <laughs> was there well, a guitar gang that had Well, he on? might have because I mean one of the members of the Death Throws uh the team of criminal jugglers is called Knickknack because he literally just juggles a whole bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Yeah. So he's like the like yeah. he's like the juggler who's not good enough to have an actual item, but he's still gonna take on well, Hawkeye. So I would yeah, argue so you've got Bombshell, the you've got Oddball who got juggles billiard balls. Yeah. Ex yes. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess yes. that's yeah, you've gotta adapt in the fly there. Right. Yeah. It would be yeah. harder so to juggle got the knickknacks. Bombshell. Oh, you've got knickknack. <laughs> you've got Oddball who juggles billiard balls, and then you've got his brother Ten Pin that uh, juggles uh, let, let oh, is it bowling pins? Bowling pins? Ah, damn yes. it. <laughs> and then you've got, that. and then you've got, uh, uh, what's the? Uh, I want to make See, sure I get the. It would have made more right. sense for his brother to juggle bowling balls. Um, right, exactly. I want to make sure I get the name of their. Uh, oh, and their leader, uh, ring leader, <laughs> who, who juggles rings. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? If you were going to put together a gang of jugglers. Wouldn't you do at least uh -huh. one guy that did like knives or chainsaws or something threatening? Or guns? Or, or would that uh, be knives and chainsaws? Guns? Knives and chainsaws are among the things that Knickknack juggles. Okay. Oh, so Knickknack just whatever he, he's yeah. like the Green Lantern of jugglers, like whatever you right. need. And so he have. was. Would you say chainsaws, he was a little knives, axes? Would you say he was a little overpowered for Hawkeye then? No, <laughs> no. Hawkeye routinely defeated the Death Throws. Patrick, wow. I have a question for How you. How did he take them on? Yes. Let's say that I buy that you never LARPed. Let's just pretend that I believe that to be true. <laughs> but okay, if so let's, let's say, just pretend that you believe the truth. Yes. Hmm. If let's say you had to LARP, what superhero would you LARP as? Hawkeye? Uh, more than likely, yes. All right. What about among fantasy characters? I'm going to guess Aragorn. Uh, well, it depends. Well, if, am, I, am I am I LARPing as a child? Because I was not big into Lord of the Rings as okay. a child. Well, how about child Let's and then adult, Patrick? It 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 would probably. I appreciate that there's a distinction. Thank um, you. Uh, I mean, I, a child as Patrick would probably just be some, uh, possibly a generic archer. Okay. Of some kind. I like I like how I liked archers. That's a brave thing for you to admit. Um, yeah, so. What about as an adult? Oh, it would definitely be Hawkeye. No, among fantasy. So still characters. A generic archer. Oh, fantasy characters. Oh boy, that was that, good. Yeah, Rich, that's by a the tough way. One. Still generic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ignoring that comment. That, that one landed pretty well, actually. Um, that was a haymaker right there. That's uh, that, that's great. 
Um, <laughs> I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna juggle a chainsaw at Rich. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. I would, as an adult, I would not LARP because I do not LARP. Therefore, I reject the premise of your question. Okay, how about mm. what would you LARP as a science fiction character? Uh, probably Luke Skywalker. Okay, and finally, what would you LARP oh, among characters from American literature? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. See? Mm. Show's all about you. Yeah. Yeah, but it really shouldn't be about me. It should be about Hawkeye. I'm, I know. I, would, I don't know who I'd LARP as from American literature. That's a tough one. Oh, see, Maybe I thought Bartleby? you would, I was going to say Bartleby Bartleby's because you would prefer not to. Yeah, it, yeah, Bartleby's a pretty easy LARP. And it works on many levels. It does. It does indeed. So anything you'd like to talk to talk about next? I've got a series of questions still. Um, you know, it's really hard for me to narrow down what I want to talk about in the show. Um, okay. Because, uh, you know, I may not be the most objective uh, viewer of Hawkeye. Um, so, Are you implying that you couldn't be objective with Hawkeye? I mean, I can be somewhat objective. I mean, I'd probably give it like a low A, like a 93, <laughs> if I had to give it a grade. Well, you're a pretty harsh grader. But still so. an A. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, well, uh, you know, what, what would you like to talk about next, Alan? Well, I was going to start by saying I guess we have to talk about whether this is like Die Hard and thus either is a Christmas movie or it isn't. Will it be in your regular well, Christmas viewings? Okay. Oh, yes. This is, this. I like, literally, I mean, this will be part of the Patrick Christmas uh Tradition will be rewatching the Hawkeye series, possibly. But that doesn't over... make it a Christmas movie. But it is a Christmas movie. It's all about him trying to get home for Christmas. What is more of a Christmas movie than I'll trying admit, to get home for Christmas? If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then I would say this one would have to be a Christmas show. Oh, absolutely, at the very yes. least. Yes, because it is a Christmas show. Well, has... I mean, they show enough stuff Christmas like, like they they go to the the, the ice skating rink and the tree and the whole thing. There's a lot and of it's Christmas all about music. trying to get home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Right. The music, if you just play music, I wouldn't say it's a Christmas thing. But I will say actually, I do like stuff. I did like that when they first mentioned Kingpin, they immediately cut to playing the Grinch song. I thought that was great. <laughs> so we could talk about the dog if you wanted to. Uh, Pizza Dog was criminally underused in the show. If I, Can I, if say, I have a critique of Hawkeye, it's that there was not enough Pizza Dog. Well, I think we have to argue about this one because I don't know if you know this or not, but I am generally not a fan of dogs or animals. What? As co-stars in any kind of show. Not Ooh, interested. Would you take a dog over a child no, actor? Which I one's would, worse? If, if it, honestly, Rich, ooh. If it's a cute dog, probably worse than the kid, because it's got two problems. Ooh. It's a dog, and it's just cute. Now I don't. If there's so a if, it was like, like, if there's a movie about an animal, I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. I have no just interest. Off the bat, don't want it. So for me, Patrick, I was happy that the dog didn't overplay his part. Pizza it's dog actually took a female a, dog. Oh, the bat, the dog took a back seat really quickly. There were some jokes about walking the dog, so they got rid of the mm -hmm. dog quickly enough. Well, they didn't get rid of the dog. He was just kind of there. Well, well, the right. show did. Th that's what I mean. The cat just didn't. The show did. I'm yeah. not saying they. Yeah, no. The I mean, I will down. say they. You know, it is one of the thing. If if I if I have another critique of the series, it's oh. that you know this was billed as sort of an adaptation of the 2012 Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction and David Aja and others. Yep. Indeed. But in terms of like the actual story, the story bears very, very little to no resemblance to that series. What it does is it, is it basically takes aspects of it like pizza dog. It takes the tracksuit mafia and things like that and basically uses them but within kind of a, a completely different way. Like the, the story the story could not have less to do with the Fraction right. and Aja Hawkeye. I mean, the closest it gets to adapting it is the car chase. Um, because there is that scene, but even that's different in that Hawkeye 
and Kate are actually driving the the Challenger, the car that Hawkeye says they're not going to drive because they don't want to wreck it. Right. Um, so you have some yeah, canon it's, they're, they're, questions. It's not so much canon so much as like, you know, I, I, I don't know that it was entirely fair to build this as a adaptation of that version of Hawkeye. It's more of a borrowing some elements that are distinctive within the series, but using them in a completely different story. Well, the font was very Hawkeye. Hey, but before we move on from the dog, I have a question for you. Because I'm sure you okay, love I wanna, animals I do talk, in film. I do want to talk about the font. Okay, but are we actually going to talk about Hawkeye, or are you going to keep trying to distract us from talking about Hawkeye by bringing up animal movies? I just want to know, or what is your Larkin. favorite animal character non-cartoon version? Like, is it uh, Benji, or Rin Tin Tin, or Lassie, or Toto, or Beethoven, or, or Yeller, or Eddie? Benji? No, no, it's, it's, it's the ferrets from Beastmaster. Oh, you do love those ferrets. I love the ferrets from Beastmaster. It's a yeah. very weird choice. Kodo we and should, Kodo, I think, were their names. We should do a retrospective <laughs> on Beastmaster at some point. We should. We've talked about that. So, what is right. Beastmaster? Oh, Rich, you have so much to oh, learn. It's just one of the great. It's the one of the greatest fantasy movies of the eighties. Oh, good. So that good. time. All right, so we'll move on, Patrick, because you want to talk about the show. Should yes, I, know, I guess. Should I know a lot about Echo? Because I don't. Not particularly. I mean, I think they covered her pretty well in um, the series. I mean, essentially, she, you know, I, I, her origin, she's pretty close to the, the comic book version in that uh, her father worked for Kingpin. Kingpin had her father killed. Kingpin does end up raising her, and so she does kind of come to see him as a father figure. Um, she he eventually convinces her that Daredevil killed her father, and so she goes after Daredevil. Uh. Um, she eventually learns the truth, and and you know, in the comics, we get the same confrontation at the end where she shoots Kingpin. In the comics, it's later revealed that she didn't kill him; she just blinded him. Ah. Uh. Um. So I, I, you know, the the probably the one major difference in the Hawkeye version is the comic book version is deaf, um, but she doesn't have the prosthetic limb. That that's something that's completely original to um, the series, and it's probably you, more a by Marley a product of the 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 uh, actor they cast um, who is deaf and and has the prosthetic limb. Are you are you excited for an Echo series? I'm curious to see where, uh, you know, there's not a lot of Echo um, material, so I'll be curious to see where it goes. Um, you know, particularly, I mean, she shows up in Daredevil. She shows up in, in New Avengers. She actually takes on the Ronin identity in New Avengers. Um, I mean, she currently has the Phoenix Force in her, which I don't think they're going to be bringing in anytime soon. One would suppose not. Um, into her. Oh, and 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 uh, I would say the other major difference, and I guess they kind of allude to this, is that she in the comics has the same abilities as Taskmaster in that oh. she can perfectly mimic what someone else can do just by watching it. Got it. Um, well, maybe it'll be okay then. So I'll, I'll be curious to see. I mean, I, I liked what we saw of her in the series. Um, you know, particularly in... in um, the the episode after she first appears at the end where we kind of get her origin um and and background i th- i thought they did a really nice job with her um it's interesting that uh, apparently this is the actor playing echo this was her very first job oh wow good for her yeah like she was cast as Echo, and now she's starring in a Disney Plus series, and th- those are literally her first acting credits. Impressive, impressive. She was so good. she's she's so, but yeah, I I don't know that there's there's much. So yeah, I mean you know that her her, you know I mean she's basically transplanted you know from Daredevil to Hawkeye, but other than that, I think the general. Um, 
parts of her narrative are are pretty consistent with with what uh, was originally done in the comics. Okay, okay, that's a good update. Do you so, want a serious and I, and I thought, question? Yeah, like I mean, yeah, that wasn't a serious question. I thought that was a serious question. Well, no, I now have a serious question and a somewhat less serious question to ask you. Uh, let's do less serious because we did a serious question just now. Okay, what what Bounce is up with monogrammed butterscotch? Yeah, that was weird. Um, Did you... I mean, I guess that was... Is Jack Duquesne somebody I should know from the comics? Oh, he's he's the original swordsman. Oh, he's the swordsman. That's the civilian identity of the original... Yes, that's the... That's the actual name of the of the of the original swordsman the one that in the comics allegedly trained hawkeye um got it so yeah that that that's that's the significance of his name is that he is a version of the swordsman uh got it who of course was a villain in the comics and and jack you know he seems to be privileged he seems to be a little bit of of kind of euro trash but he doesn't seem to be particularly evil no, and I suppose that's one of those Easter eggs that they're toying with fans with. You know, which I thought was fine, but did it seem odd to you? It's like a small complaint about the writing. Did it seem uh-huh. odd to you at the end that the highly armed tracksuits, all of whom had guns and were shooting at people, the guys mm-hmm. that chose to go after him only had swords? I mean, it was it, very convenient for him. Otherwise, seemed, he'd be in a lot of trouble. Exactly. I, don't think they had, I don't think they had swords. I think they had. I think they had bats. I don't okay, think they had but swords. not. Well, thank One you, Patrick. Point, not but guns. All of a sudden, this heavily armed tracksuit mafia, all of whom are loaded to the gills with guns, none of them go after the swordsman with a gun. Only the bat guys do. Uh, we could say that for the whole show, really. You know, is that there was a lot of times where they very conveniently either forgot or didn't know how to use the guns. On well, people that I had mean, to be swords. fair, at the, at the beginning of the big ice way. skate, sh- at the beginning yeah. of the big yeah. ice <laughs> skate showdown, Hawkeye uses the magnetic area arrow to take all of those tracksuits' guns away from them. Yeah, Which but the, the tracksuits that are fighting Jack, all are, it took, yeah, are coming out of the building. Yeah. And they, they didn't have backup guns, like a pistol yeah, or something. They've not disarmed. Well, I mean, the, it is established that the tracksuits are kind of idiots. So, to be clear, you're going to defend this no matter what. Even the obvious plot holes are not plot holes. Possibly. All right. And so it, it, it also becomes weird, too, because, like, you know, again, Hawkeye's been in Avenger films where there are people with guns that they have him just fighting. You know, so it makes it even a little weirder when in this show it's like, oh, we don't know how to do that, so we're just gonna make everyone lose their weapons. Yeah, it's just the trick arrow thing gets a little old after a while. But before we move on to trick oh, arrows, oh, I love the trick arrows. I know you do. <laughs> um, we yeah. all agree that butterscotch is disgusting, right? As a candy, yeah, yeah. Like I, butterscotch as a kid, is... I really liked it, and I don't know why. But yes, Butter- I because adults that. had it all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, butterscotch is an an elderly candy. It's like for really yeah. old people. Oh yes. Okay. It is. Right. Yes. Just so we agreed. Yeah. No, um, agree. That's that's a, that that is a show agreement. I think. I, I, wow, that's a rarity. Mm. <laughs> right. Three for three anti butterscotch. So what's maybe the, we could talk about two? that because when I think of butterscotch, you know what oh. I think of trauma. So maybe we could talk about Clint's trauma and the way in which the show kind of works through his trauma and provides a resolution of sorts, or at least like Patrick said, a retirement. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to talk about that. I mean, that seems so, to be by yeah. and large, I think, the bulk of his character arc is, you know, kind of dealing with, you know, the trauma or, or kind of of – the burden that he sort of feels, you know, that, that, you know, clearly he's struggling with, you know, the death of Natasha and the guilt he feels over that. As he he's should. struggling with kind of, yes, uh, he's struggling he... with the whole idea of, you know, he's someone who is not a hero. You know, he describes himself as a weapon. He's a killer. He's a murderer. That, that was, you know, sort of. He is. What he was trained to be. And yet everyone sees him as a hero. Everyone, you know, wants to buy him dinner. Uh, Everyone's thanking him. People want his autographs. 
you know, that, was, that he's he's very much clearly struggling with that sort of 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 burden. No, that was pretty heavy handedly um, handedly um, presented for sure. I'm, I'm kind of curious how you feel about the resolution of that. Clint walking off into the sunset with his family, you know, Clint moving into retirement. Do you think the show means to show any kind of redemption? Or do you think the show means to show only kind of, you know, a problem that can't be solved for Clint? I'd probably go more the latter. Yeah, it um, seems like they're not really. I, I, I don't know that. It. I mean, I don't know that he's redeemed. It's it's never. I mean, you know, Kate tries to convince him several times that he's more than just the weapon. Um, he sees himself as, but I I don't know that that in the series I really see Clint ever accepting that. I think I think Clint knows who he is and and who he's not. Um, yeah. And but, I, and I'm and I'm perfectly happy with the the kind of retirement at the end and and because really there's only two ways to resolve that is he either retires or you kill him, um, and so no, I, I, I I like the I retirement. agree with that I like I, that that he I like that he gets to go back with the family particularly with the revelation about who Linda is at the end of the series, um, or sorry Laura not Linda. Um, the revelation of who Laura is at the end of the series. Um, They've both done their dirty work. So yeah, work. I was, I was perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, they're both, they both, you know, know who and what they are and have no real illusions about that. Yeah, my, my I guess my disappointment. It'd be nice in, if they had went like going back to therapy or something afterwards. Yeah. Some implication. Well, but it's worse than that, I think, Rich, because. At the end, like Clint kind of teaches Maya, Echo, a lesson, right? He says, we're both just weapons that other people aim. And then he tells her that Kazi is the guy, you know, that led to her dad's murder. So it just makes Clint at that point the guy pointing the weapon, right? Yeah, well, he's he not helping he, her. I don't think any, he tells in, her Kazi. He just says there was a mole... Yeah, that but, gave him the information. He doesn't explicitly yeah, but, identify it as Kazi. But, but we all know who it is, I, I right? And she did. knows yeah. who it is. I think I think that's... Oh, yeah, we, we know who it a, is, and she knows who it is. I don't know that Clint necessarily knows who it is. I thought he implied fairly... Like, I remember, I, oh, like, I think so. He talked I to think her, so. He went, and he, even yeah. if he didn't, he, he had to have known that she would know. Like, he's, he's literally yeah. continuing to do to her I, the, the harm... It's been inflicted upon her and him. Now, maybe people who have been harmed like Clint will behave in ways like that. But I thought it was now. See, I, I, I um, would read it differently in that he's. Yeah. I mean, he's letting her make the giving her the information and letting her make the choice of what she wants to do. And it's interesting uh, that that Echo's intent is never to kill Kazi. She wants Kazi to yeah, leave Kingpin just... with her. She says that very explicitly. That I want to leave, you know, I want us both to leave Kingpin. And then what does she go the do? the one who refuses. Well, I mean, he tries to stab her with an arrow and she turns it back on himself. I mean, that's that's self-defense. And, and then what does she but go she do? It's convenient. She no, then she goes Kingpin. Kingpin, right? So she's been turned into that weapon, you know? And Clint, the at a minimum, continues. ought to yeah, know I don't, see, I, that I don't that's know what happens been, to people who are weapons. Well, I know because he's you given love her information and said, you know, it's because the, you know he's you letting her make Clint. her own choices. Oh, you got to have a little distance, man. I do have a little distance. Well, but see, you hate Clint, <laughs> and so do you, you have don't distance? have distance either. <laughs> I don't really hate Clint. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Uh, yeah, no, Did I he? just, I, I, you know, he doesn't, t- he doesn't put her on. He doesn't, you know, Look. deliberately give her information that is going to cause her to kill anyone. He gives her information and says, you know, you can be more than a weapon. And in the end, she chooses to be more than a weapon as regards Kazi, at least. <laughs> By being I think a she, weapon. Yeah, I think she, I think that um, that's probably what Clint tells himself to sleep at night. But I think the reality is something quite nah, different. And, and it, it makes a better ending because it means Clint isn't reformed. You know, what the show wants you to have is like, it's okay for Clint because he's going to wrestle with his demons in his retirement. 
you know, like it, that's that's the easy out that he's just going to wrestle with it. Like, let him be who he is, a guy that's always going to make the card call that needs to be made to wrap up, you know, the the or to, you know, tie off the loose ends that need tied off. But is that what he's really wrestling with in the series or is he more wrestling with the fact that the public perceives him as something very different than what he knows himself to be? Well, then he's wrestling with the wrong thing, dude. Well, no, I mean, if if he's he's very consciously aware of what he is, then that's what he should be wrestling with. this this whole martyr yeah, thing, like, yeah. oh, people treat me like a hero, but I'm not a hero. You know, like, that's pat yourself on the back, feel good liberalism. Like, go do something about it. He knows, oh, he knows, oh, he knows he's uh, a monster. Oh, uh, yeah, right. So let him be a monster at the end, then. Why is it so important that he not be a monster? He sends Maya off as a weapon. He's a monster. That's but he doesn't ending. send Maya off as a weapon. He sends he sends Maya yeah. off, giving her the choice to be or not to be a weapon. That's yeah. like sending somebody off with a loaded gun, hoping they don't use it. Right. Uh, anyway, no, he's, he's giving I, her. He's, he's empowering her to make her own choices. <laughs> uh, isn't that what they said in the red room too? I'm sure that's what we all say when we send people off. To no, they don't. Say, the, they literally brainwashed people in the red room. Yeah, but to do things better and right, that's, you know. So we should move on. We're oh, never going to agree. No, there was n- there was no illusion that the red room was doing okay, anything. The right. red room is obviously hyperbole about what's going on here. But people who do terrible things always tell themselves that they're not doing terrible things, and we should just acknowledge that he's doing. But does tell himself he's doing terrible things. Then he should he admit it about Maya. Things. Okay, then admit it about Maya. Exactly. Admit what about Maya? He didn't he's do anything doing, to Maya. He he's just doing gave... a terrible thing. I disagree. All he's right, doing, so, he's giving her the truth. Uh, <laughs> yes, the truth that will point her in a particular direction. So let's talk about something we will agree on. It was great to see Elena back, right? Black Widow number two. I, I do not. Uh, I do not agree with that. Oh no! Why really? not? I, I'm kidding. Of course, I agree with that. Oh, she was oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Pew Pew is the best thing in the movie or in the in the series. Well. Pew and uh, Steinfeld together. Their chemistry um, is, to me, it like, was better yeah. than the Clint Kate chemistry. And, and the Clint Kate oh, chemistry was yeah. good, but like when it was Steinfeld yeah. and Pew together on screen, it was really, yep. really good. It was really good. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. The two convers the the conversation they have over macaroni and then the elevator conversation was just yeah those those were high points of the series. Yeah. You know the fight I really want to see a them. Hawkeye and yeah. yeah I want to see a Hawkeye and Black Widow series featuring the two of them like that's that what would I be want great. next. It it it's like wanting to see the Falcon Winter Soldier Buddy Road picture back in the day coming out of yes, the Avengers. Or the, you know. Um, or, you know, Venom and Eddie Brock just odd coupling. Yeah, yeah, it would be... In their apartment for, for an entire movie. They were really great. They were really great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, Florence Pugh and, and Haley Steinfeld just... Even if they're literally just talking to each other over macaroni for the entire movie. Yep. I am fine with that. Uh, I, but yeah, I no, agree. It was, it was, yeah. It was really good. What, what, I know we're going to run out of time. What was your take on the, the presentation of the tracksuits? Oh, they're exactly how they were in in the comic. Um, you know, they're they're pretty. Um, uh, I guess bumbling would be a word to describe them. They're funny. You know, they were very very funny yeah. bros. Yeah. And yeah, well, and that's might... how they talk in the comic too. Is is I mean, their right. their dialogue and the way they speak is exactly how they are in the comic. Yeah. So. Um... You mentioned earlier, I wanted to mention the Trick Arrows. You were a big fan? Love Trick Arrows. Yeah. I was yep. really hoping for a boxing yep. glove arrow. Yeah, oh, yeah that's like... true. Yeah, that would have been a nice – that would have been a nice bit. That's I kind mean of, they did at least reference the boomerang arrow. Right. Well, for Hawkeye – because that boomerang arrow conversation is also something that's in – the fraction Aja series. Uh, the difference is it's it's flipped. Hawkeye's the one that's defending the boomerang arrow. Kate is the one in the comic that thinks a boomerang arrow is a stupid idea. Oh, can I ask you a question about the boxing glove arrow? 
in my mind, that's more of a Green Arrow arrow. Am I wrong? Yes. No, sorry. You're, no, I agree with you. Yes, that's more okay. of a Green Arrow arrow. That, you are correct. That I, I tend to associate that more. DC was always a little more comic-ish, I guess. Yeah, I don't know that Hawkeye actually has a boxing glove arrow. Okay. It might just be a Green Arrow thing. Yeah. All right. They did do a collapsible bow joke, which I liked a lot. Well, of course. Well, you are always a fan of the collapsible bow. Nothing better than that action pose. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. No, I don't think he ever – does he ever do that actual move in the series? He's, yeah. He does, he does at one point. In yeah. Okay. The second episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. like pretty early on actually I think. I guess yeah. you've blocked that out for some reason. No, I just, I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I remembered seeing it but it, you know, having watched the series I think six times at this point. Oh God. Um, no or way. Or maybe just five. You, there's no way. Oh, yeah. What is it to see after the first time? I've wa- well, because I watched, I watched every episode as, re- as it was released. Yeah. I watched, I watched and every episode. I watched every episode a second time um, the day it was released. <laughs> uh, oh, pretty sure I rewatched all of the series before the final episode. And then I'm pretty sure I've watched Ooh. the entire series twice since it ended. Wow, that is an insane level of fandom. I really like the series. Were you happy that Huey Lewis got name-dropped in it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the Huey Lewis reference. Uh, I think I recall it, but I don't. Yeah. it was not something that really grabbed me. Huey Lewis was terrible, right? You were not a fan. You were a fan? Um, I, I, I did like the Huey Lewis Really? Were you hip were to be fun. square? That was not one of my favorite Huey Lewis songs. Um, so so what, what is your favorite Huey Lewis song? I don't know that I have a favorite. They're all, I mean, they all kind of blend together. That's, that maybe, is do you true. Believe, maybe Do You Believe in Love? That was, oh, that was a good one. I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have something else that we might want to talk about. Yeah, please. Um, the portrayal of disability. Yeah, well, with the deafness in the series, in the deaf, well, the deafness and also the prosthetic limb. Oh, uh, that's right. That Echo has like there's there's a lot of representation of disability in Hawkeye. Right, and Hawkeye himself too. Right, who is carrying yeah. the yeah. burdens of too much too much <laughs> battle over the course well, of his and lifetime? Well, because the Hawkeye. The Hawkeye aspect sometimes is played almost a bit for laughs, like when he turns down the hearing aid so he can't hear Kate. Right. Yeah. Like, it's sometimes, it, but otherwise, like it seems like okay representation. Yeah. Well, like, the way in which Maya kind of um, lectures him on being who he really is. But mm-hmm. you know what struck me as weird, and this is a very small point, and it's going to sound like to Patrick like I'm really critical, but I don't mean to be. But there's one point where Clint goes to the Avengers Memorial. Uh-huh. And he takes his hearing aid out. And it just seems like or I understand. Turns it off, yeah. Yeah, he like he he doesn't want he wants to be alone in the moment. But he's also got like all mm-hmm. of these bad guys chasing him. It seems like bad tactical decision on a black ops guy's part. Or not even bad guys. He's got a Black Widow assassin that he knows is after him at right. that point. Yeah, there's all kinds. Yeah, right. had he done could, that like in the first and day. And could take him out very chased. easily at that moment. Yeah, it, it, right. it, I, I noticed that too. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm turning off one of my main senses that I use what if to the, uh, protect myself in, in yeah, that like, moment. What if the show just ended then with her coming up behind him and like stabbing him and it's over? Yeah, yeah. And it's all, but it's like, no sound. Oh, it's just completely quiet. <laughs> it just goes to black. Yeah, uh, that would be It cool. also is a weird moment, too, because I, can, can I get that he wants to be alone in the moment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But literally, it means, but literally it means that he's standing there talking to the memorial without any real sense of how loud he may or may not be being as a ton of people are walking by him. Yeah. That also would have been a funny it is, scene. It is kind of. If he was just like screaming. Like, I'm pretty. <laughs> And or someone walked by is like, I'm pretty sure that dude's gonna kill someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it should have been me, he's, Natasha. He's a danger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also liked I I you know particular I liked the way in which um you know there were different kinds of disability you know that that Clint 
is is as he says he's hard of hearing not deaf echoes right. deaf um that she has the prosthetic limb i also liked that that you know we don't really get like for echo we don't know how she lost her leg we don't know how you know why is right. she deaf um that they didn't really kind of uh fetishize it with kind of an origin story it's mm. just a fact of who she is right um that interestingly enough i uh, i you know, i was looking up, i was looking up information on the actor who plays echo and she as well has not publicly dis- disclosed how um you know she she lost her leg well um, i hope th- i hope they get that, that right was something yeah i hope they get that right in the echo series then because one of the dangers of the echo series will be turning it into a fetish instead of just a natural yeah. part of the character. Yeah, and, but I, and I like I the way agree. that, the, I mean, you know, the way in which that she very much, as, as you said, you know, in the conversation with Clint, where she talks about how, you know, he'd be better off not relying on the technology. And then, and then we right. even sort of see the ways in which she uses her prosthetic limb as a weapon um, very effectively. Like the, the way in which that, that, you know, she seems to find or she's represented as sort of finding a kind of strength in... Right. how she is differently abled. Uh, right. That was another another nice thing that the series did. Right. I mean, I guess all we know that she was deaf from childhood, right? Because we do see her as a kid. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that's the best guess we have, is that she she was born deaf. But again, we, we yeah. don't actually right. know that, but that does seem to be the implication. That it can be part think, of a character. I think that's true of Echo in the comics. Yeah, but that it can be part of a character without having to be the focus of the character or the origin of the character is, I think, is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and particularly in a genre that is notorious for sort of over explaining everything. Yeah. I think the, the, the classic example I think is the, um, the Jeff Johns flash reborn series where they, they, I guess I haven't read it, but apparently they dedicated part of the series to explaining the origin of Barry Allen's bow tie. And I'm like, you know, I don't really need that origin. That's a deep dive. Um, We don't need. Yeah. So I, I liked that. It's just a part of her character, um, that her character makes use of in the series. So I, I I thought, you know, but then it can be a part of her character without it having to be explained. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. and and having to be like a, a fetishized aspect of her character. Right. Because the explanation almost always fetishizes, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it, so it's hard was, to do that I thought that, that well. was something. I agree. Something it, it did well. I agree. And even even I and I I enjoyed kind of the the kind of on a meta level the act when when Kate asks you know, how Clint is hard of hearing and then we get the retrospective of kind of all the things that Clint has physically been through. Right. I thought it was kind of nice. Like, yes, Clint is a fairly ordinarily powered human being who has been through a lot of physical abuse over right. the years. Yeah. That, that it's nice to see that actually taking a kind of toll. Right. Right. It, in that way, it's a little bit Netflixy, and I, you know, the Netflix always seem to focus more on the toll than say, you know, the, yeah. the straight up MCU. But speaking of him that way, um, gets me to one of the fair or foul, and we don't have a ton of time left, but uh, Matt Perslow from IGN referred to Hawkeye as the dullest Avenger. Well, that's hurtful. Well, do you think it... Well, But true. I, I, I think he might be mistaking power set for interesting. Hmm. Uh, or do so you think... doing like laser beams or whatever... Right. Like, I mean, Thor is just, you know, obviously so much superior as a superhero in terms of power. But then I thought, is that true? Or like, maybe Hawkeye wasn't well enough developed in the the MCU until now. Well, I think it also depends because I would say I would say prior to Thor Ragnarok, I don't know that Thor was all that interesting. Right. Of a character. And then you got the right sort of vehicle for Thor in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And then carrying yeah. on into Infinity War Endgame, and he became a much more interesting character. Right. It's not to say Clinton didn't do things that mattered for the Avengers, but he was never really a focal point like Cap or Iron Man or Thor. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest he came to being a focal point was in Age of Ultron, when he's the one that sort of, you know... Kills Quicksilver? 
I, yeah, I, well, I knew that was coming. Allows Quicksilver to die. I meant, I meant, I meant more that people. he's the one that like the team relies on. He's the one that convinces Scarlet Witch to sort of be an Avenger. That he's kind of the the heart and soul of the team. But of course, for you, the moment I bring up Age of Ultron, it just brings up Quicksilver. Well, I, how do you ignore that? But I guess you know, some of us do. I don't know how do you ignore that because I've been trying for about five years on this podcast. <laughs> and yet, it keeps coming up for some reason. Well, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. The body count is much bigger than just Quicksilver, so it's a mm-hmm. odd choice on my part. Mm-hmm. So that's run through most of my notes. I don't know if you have anything else, Patrick, you'd like to discuss? Uh, well, I, I, I did, as I mentioned before, I did like the revelation about Laura being S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent 19, which of course yeah. was the... Um, designation of of Mockingbird um, in the comics. And so, you know, particularly for me, you know, for someone who, you know, the Hawkeye limited series in which Mockingbird and Hawkeye at the end get married, um, I hated the fact of how Englehart broke up the marriage in West Coast Avengers. Yeah. Um, and basically how uh, so I was I was very happy to see that in the MCU, there is a universe in which Hawkeye and Mockingbird remain together um, as as a couple. So that was, was something a, I, I really liked. Was there a Mockingbird character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. And so. I, well, there I, was a I don't know if they ever call her Mockingbird, but her right. there's a Bobby Morse, which is the, right. the, the civilian name. Yeah. All right, so we've seen kind of Easter eggy mockingbirds before, but this will we be have, the real though, that, one. We have though. That's one of the apparently Hawkeye has upset some of the Agents of Shields fan because they feel that this is further kind of decanonized Agents of Shield. Yeah, which is too bad because those life model decoys were were. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, good. we can just assume that Agents of Shield exists in its own corner of the multiverse. That's right. That's right. So, but yeah, I did, I did like that because I, I hate the the Hawkeye Mockingbird divorce yeah. um, in the comics and, and the way they've continued that to this day. It, it, it's one of the things I really hate. So, yeah, I was I was happy to see the MCU kind of fix that for me. Well, that that is a win for you then. Yeah. As you know, the whole show was this was if there was ever peak yep. Patrick superhero we have now experienced it. I think yes, we have. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm downhill. not sure it really is. Cause I, you know, for the longest time I was like, I just want to make sure I live long enough to get to Avengers. And then it was, I hope I live long enough to get through, you know, infinity war and Endgame. And now it was like, okay, I need to like, you know, stay alive until Hawkeye, um, which when, particularly in the last couple, well, yeah. in the last couple of years has been, you know, a dicier and dicier prospect because of everything going on. Are you, and now it's kind of like, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what else there is for me. You say you, yeah. you're literally saying you have nothing left to live for. In terms of 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 you know the MCU, yes, it, that it, is, what it you're is saying. it is possible <laughs> that I am now at the point where, in terms of me personally, I might be past peak superhero. But you're still going to watch this stuff. Let's be, be. let's be honest. I will still watch it. Uh, Let's not get crazy here. I don't know if it's ever going to have the same. Like I, I kind of feel like, you know, it, it it has perhaps peaked for me. Wow! Um, you finally come around to my side of the street. I mean, not well. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm saying it's peaked for me, but that's just because of my particular predilections in terms of of superhero stuff. Well, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll get you'll get your you know peak. Yeah. You know, moment. I'm not sure what know. you're most looking forward to next. Yeah, I don't know. My peak moment might have come a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, you might yeah. be, you might be looking. I mean, whatever the MCU does with the X Men might might. Uh, Fantastic yeah, Four. I don't maybe? know. But they're like. Oh no! No, no! No one! No one cares about the Fantastic Four. Well, you know. We should do the Jessica Alba Fantastic Four movies at some point. That's oh, those idea. movies? Oh, we probably yeah. should. Oh, those movies are so bad. Oh, they're terrible. 
just oh, terrible. Just, they're just not good. They're so they're so like early superhero films. Remember, like there was once a time when people made superhero films and they were just uniformly not very good. Yes, the Dark yes. Ages. Exactly. I do. I do and, well, and to be fair, that was a condition that persisted for a very, very, very long time. It really persists. Well, I guess maybe you could say the Keaton Batman, or maybe the well, I mean, there, Superman. There, there, there were, were moments. There were specific outliers, but otherwise, well, it depends. the 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 first Reeves Superman, and to some extent, the second, but the third and the fourth Reeves Superman were not good. Yeah. And you the know, Batman the one with Richard Pryor, and then the one with Nuclear Man. You know, the first the Keaton, Keaton movie stuff. was you really didn't good. Like Nuclear Man. The second yeah. Keaton was the second Keaton was pretty good, but the other Batman after that in in that kind of Burton verse were were not good. Yeah, I never saw the Clooney Batman. That's one I need to catch up on. You don't? No, know. no, it's Clooney, not. No, it's not. Here's no, what I was saying. Clooney is a very good Bruce Wayne. He's yeah. a terrible Batman. It's a shame they didn't get another it actor for Batman. Yeah, it does not does not surprise me entirely. Yeah, no, it's it. it yeah, it's terrible. We should we should talk about that because I've got I've got a great oh. story about uh, the Batman and Robin. Well, maybe when the Pattinson version of the Batman comes out, we could do a Batman retrospective instead of wasting a full oh. hour on that film. I forgot to mention. I'm, do you, I'm they all came for out that. with the official runtime of the the oh. new Batman movie. Do you know how long it is? It's just Two short hours, of three hours, minutes. right? It is two like hours and 55 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Why don't they brutal. just add on six more minutes and make it a solid three? Just I'm, brutal. Well, because that would make it a solid 301 if they added six minutes. So. <laughs> no, you said 54. 55. Said, oh, 55. 55. Okay. It's 255. <laughs> yeah, so just, no, you know, I, just tack on five minutes of credits. I'm not sure I, don't I need know. I'm not sure I need <laughs> three hours of that movie. That I'm just confident looks, I'm not that sure. I I'm not sure that. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm up to seeing three hours of that movie. Is At our age, it might long? not be doable. Because even Spider-Man was two and yes, a half. Superhero movies are get superhero movies are are getting too long. Hundred uh, percent. Like, I love one hundred percent. Like and, No Way Home was great. I would say but, like, it I was would say, two and a half hours. I would say movies in general are getting too long. Like we seem to be losing the ability to actually do a movie in two hours. It uh, used to be like ninety minutes, more. right? It's not like they're trying to justify. It. Yeah, no, ninety minutes. Used to be ninety minutes, you know. You go yeah. watch the Breakfast Club. You're done in eighty-eight minutes yeah. or whatever. Back in my day, movies were an hour and a half. Get your long movies off my lawn. <laughs>